You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I want to re-release the Rebel Yoshev on the Parsha from a couple of years ago. This is in Parsha's Bishalach, and it really doesn't have much to do with any of the Psukim at all. However, it deals with two interesting minhagim that have developed, and Rebel Yoshev takes them apart. One of them is to stand during Shiras Ayam, uh, when it's being read, and the other is throwing out uh, crumbs for the birds. Uh, taking them apart doesn't necessarily mean, uh, in the second case, that he is completely against it, but as you'll hear, uh, the analysis is to the point, and it also includes Bates, uh, the Minhag, as we see it being approached from different sides. There's also this program that deals with halacha that is relevant for Hilchas Baruchas, which uh, makes sense as Tu Bishvat, as usually during this period, and it is, is this year as well. And that is about the idea of Yayin Potrako Mine Mashkin, and Rebel Yoshe. This is Rebel Yoshev on the Pausha. This is Parshas Bishalach, which has at its centerpiece uh, Shiras Hayam. Um, there is a minig that people have that everyone stands up for the Shira. Uh, Rebel Yoshev felt that it was usher to do such a thing because basically, whatever your minig is, whether it's the stand for laning or sitting at laning, you don't want to make a distinction between different parts of the Torah. Um, the Rambam in his Chuva writes about not standing for the Aseris Hadibros. Even though that you could say that's the most important part of the Torah. Um, Rebel Yosha felt that... I was about to say the same thing about the Aseris Hadibros. I don't right. understand why people would stand up in the middle of the Aliyah. Right, and and the Rambam already said that it's usher because you're showing that this part of the Torah is the more important part of the Torah. Um, the Rambam wrote that that this is what you know led people to sort of differentiate and say, "I keep the Ten Commandments." That's all, that's it. The point is, is that um, you know this is what he did. In fact, the Rebbe Yoshev's minag was. Um, let's say at a time, Yoshev sat, basically, for laning, which was the minig of the Arizal and others. So um, he would, even when they would read the Yudge Mumidos, he would, he would uh, remain sitting. Uh, Yoshev sitting, Asir Sadebris sitting. Now, many times he would get the Aliyah for the Asir Sadebris, like on Shulos. So he'd be standing anyway. Um, when Rebel Yoshev didn't have the Aliyah, when they once, you know, it was Shabashira, he sat, he kept on sitting down. Um, now, that's different than during Slichos, when we say the Yud Gimelmidos. When we're laning, and we're laning, let's say, on a Tainus, and we're laning the Yud Gimelmidos, we're, 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 we're describing the event. It's meant to be a learning experience. It's meant to be the significance of Torah. It's not a, it's not a davening. It's not appealing to God. 
So, of course, Rabbi Yashiv, even when he was very old, always stood up for the Yud Gimel Midos. But as part of Kriyas Atari, he didn't. Um, Rabbi Yashiv was asked, when they asked him about his Minag, what about everybody else is standing up? Uh, so maybe you should stand up too. So he says, "Ain osu shaloika halocha, ve'ain lokum machmasom." They're the ones that are doing wrong. The Rambam is right. So they asked Rebbe Yosef further. Doesn't it say, "Masechlis derecheretz"? You shouldn't be sitting when everyone is standing. So he says, that's where you could be go one way, could go the other way. But the people that are standing are doing the wrong thing. Where does, the, where does it say, don't be a, a sore thumb? Where what they're doing is, is, is acceptable and you aren't used to doing it. So don't be stubborn. But here, Abel Yashib felt, it's not about being stubborn. If you give in to what the Amaratzas of everybody standing up, they are in a way being mezalzo in the rest of the Torah by standing up. Rabbi Yoshev then was asked, okay, don't stand up, like you say, Moshe, in the middle of the Aliyah. Maybe what you should do is stand up at the beginning of the Kriyasa Torah. And this way, it's not like you stood up specifically. In other words, if during one laning you stand up for it and then you, you give one part of the laning more significance than the other, it's one thing. But if you realize that the laning is coming and they're going to be reading the Shira or their Sarasad Dibros and you decide to stand this week, maybe that would be all right. So Rabbi Yashiv said it might be true, but you don't need the Eitzim. So you could stick out. I remember many years ago, I was in uh, Ashkenaz, Minyan for Shabbat morning and there, were, there was Parashad Yisro, I'm sorry, Yisro, and yes. uh, they uh, right by the beginning, before the Asriyah uh, was started, they they gave a clap, waited for everybody to stand up. According to Rabbi Yoshev, that was against halacha. But I have been in such places too, so um, that is the, uh, the right um, now. Um, yeah, let's take a look at um, another thing that's relevant to this week. Some people have a minig on Shabbashira to uh, throw mizonot to the birds. Right? They go out and they throw out mizonot. Um, some sofers said the reason was that the, the parsh of the mon is in Shabbashira. So when we throw out mizonos to the birds, so the same way we are sort of like the Confeyona. And the same way, um, if we will um, not get so caught up in our business, we were talking about in the halacha shir today about how important it is and worrying about your business. If we stop being so worried and so invested in our business and we give more time to Torah, Hashem will be will somehow 
create situations where we're going to get that money back and we're going to get that parnos in some way and we won't have to work so hard. And it's like the mun is coming down. That's sort of what the mun is. The mun is really the symbol of how Hashem takes care of our parnosa in general and that we aren't in control and we shouldn't think that we need to work so hard to be in control. And when we throw food to the birds, we take a look and see, wow, the bird didn't expect it. And all of a sudden there's breadcrumbs and other stuff being thrown up on, in, in the roof. So in a way, that's sort of like a message, a message to us. That's our message. Um, so that is the Chsam Sofer, the Rebel Yoshev used to say over from the Chsam Sofer. That was an interesting rationale behind where the Minig arose from. It was because, it's not because of the Shira, it's because of the Mun. It happens to be that the Parsha that you read the Shira is also the Parsha that you have the Mun. The Rechashulchan, though, says that the reason why uh, the Minig arose to throw out food to the birds on this Shabbos is because they say that the Ophos themselves were uh, saying Shira at the Yam. Well, we know that the Gemara, that uh, uh, the Gemara, that the uh, famous Gemara in, in, in Ksuvis and in other places, that the, that the Ubrumt Shebimei Imo were saying Shira, even the fetuses. So the birds that were around in that area also sang to God. They weren't just tweeting, but they were saying Shira. So therefore, they added their voice to the Shira of Klal Yisrael. So we giving them back. That's the Rosh Hashulchan says. Um, the the Chayzim Lublin said a different svar. I don't know if Rabbi Yoshev quoted this, but the Chayzim Lublin said that we know that the Rishoyim who went out and that are mentioned in this week's parsha, like Datan Vaviram. We know that um, Moshe said that there was, from God, there wasn't going to be any mud on Shabbos morning. So I'm sure many of you have heard this already. So the, uh, they went, they wanted to make motion to a liar. So what they did was they took some of the mud that was supposed to be for Friday and Shabbos, and they, they put it out on Friday night in the early morning of Saturday morning, in order for them to say, look, the mun did fall. And they were saying, come on out, it's there. So some people said, yeah, it's there, let's go see. And the Pusik actually says there were people who went out to, to gather and couldn't find it. So it's not just that these people were Rishoyim, that they didn't believe. These were some of the people that were convinced by Dosan Vaviram and other super Rishoyim that there was stuff out there that they had planted. So why wasn't it there? Because the birds had swooped down and eaten it. And that's what it says, Lo Matso'o, if you look in the Pusik. The Pusik says they didn't find it there. What do you mean they didn't find it there? You can't find something which never was there in the first place. So it must be, this is a riot to the Chazal, that they actually had put it there. They didn't find it because the birds had taken it away. So therefore, once again, 
It has to do with how they strengthened the Amuna, the birds, and I guess in some way their relatives, their ancestors, had strengthened the Amuna for Klau Yisrael by being the agents of God to, to swoop up and eat the mun. Now, even though it's true that's a minute to do that, um, in Shulchan Aruch and Ilcha Shabbos, Rebel Yoshev pointed out that it says Mefurish in the Shulchan Aruch, and I look in the Mishnah Brewer there, that you're not supposed to put give Mayim and Mazonis with Nei Devorim. Yoni Shovach v'yoni Aliyah. You're not supposed to go and feed the bees. You're not supposed to go out on Shabbos and feed your birds, even though they belong to you. Why? Now, the, the it's not Muktzah, because the reason is, because even though they come back every night and they stay in the uh, in the in the in the dovecote, whatever it's called, they are not your responsibility to good. You you provide a place for them for their um, in order for them to be protected from the very harsh elements, but not for food. They can always find their own food. Even on, and therefore, when you go out there and give the special type of chicken feed or whatever it is to these birds, that's a tircha de lotzarach. Um Now, on there, the Mogan Avram writes, Yesh Noagin will say, Schitin Bishabishira, and the Mogan Avram says you shouldn't do it. Because, once again, even if you own the birds and they belong to you, you're not supposed to feed them because it's a tircha for no purpose. So here, to be makayim, this minag, you know, it's a symbol. Okay, it's a nice little symbol. It reminds people of the story. The kids will be excited when they hear about Dos and Vaviram. It's a good symbol for the guy who works so hard during the week to realize, okay, still, if, if, it's, if it's Aser, because it's tircha sholeh then it, you shouldn't be doing it. In fact, uh, Rabbi Yoshev pointed out that his son-in-law, Rav Chaim Kanievsky, um, told him that he asked his uncle about that. His uncle, Rav Chaim Kanievsky's uncle, was the Chazanish, and the Chazanish said that it indeed should not be done, even though it's a fa- it's a very old minag. Um, it should not be done based on the, the Isser of Tircha. Now, the Rav Yoshev pointed out that the Archashulchan mentions um, the Mogan Avram. However, you could still say that it's different than when you're feeding your birds. When you're feeding your birds, the whole reason you're doing is because you think incorrectly you need to feed them, otherwise they're not going to have food. Over here, we're doing it for our own sake. By doing it, we're sort of like sending a message. So it's, in other words, if your purpose in doing it is to feed them, it's one thing. But if you're trying to make a statement to sort of, in a way, remember the nace, to remember Shira Sayam. 
uh, to, to, so there, if there's that, or like the Chassam Sofer says, if you're doing it to strengthen emuna, so then it's not called a tirak or Why was it called a tirak Because the animals don't need it, and that's why even though you own the animals, they could get the food on their own. But here, by throwing it out and watching the birds come down and seeing the connection, there it, it, it makes a point that you wouldn't have otherwise. So that's the Chiddush of the Orach HaShulchan. Now, what did Rebbe Yoshev himself feel? He obviously knew about the Chassam Sofer, and he knew about the Orach HaShulchan, what did, and the Mogan Avram, of course. What did he himself feel about it? So, um, it happens to be that in, in the year 2012, Parshas B'Shalach, on Friday afternoon, um, Rebel Yoshev, that was the last Shabbos uh, that Rebel Yoshev spent in his own house. Um, a couple of days later, he was taken to the hospital, and he basically, unfortunately, stayed in the hospital till he died right before um, Tisha B'Av in 2012. So, um, on Friday afternoon, he came back uh, after davening Shachris, and there was a whole Hebra who came to the house, and he's 102 years old at the time, almost 102. And who, who were they? They were people from the matzah baking company, from the matzah factory in Beit Shemesh. So, they were asking him questions about the matzah, what they were supposed to do. Anyway, of course, as they were sitting there talking to Rebbe Yosha, they asked him again about the minig of throwing um, food out to the birds. And he said, definitely also. So even though Rebbe Yosha had given Shurma about it and explained the matirim, he himself clearly felt that it was also to do and a minig. <laughs> so here we have two minogam from Rebbe Yosha that... Uh, uh, two minogam that many people in Klai Yisrael do, which is standing by the uh, by the Shira Sayam, and uh, that Rabbi Yoshev felt should be uh, eliminated from and not be done at all. You know, this is the week of Tu Bishvat, and it's a week that uh, many people uh, are involved with and understanding the significance of the brochos that we make and the brochos that we shouldn't make and how we should make brochos. Um, I already mentioned uh, in a previous shir, Rebel Yoshev Shit, about how to make, to do the Shechianu before the Bari Priya Eitz. I also mentioned, if you remember, the halacha about Yai and Poter Komene Mashkin and the Psak of Rav Nissen Karelitz about wine even pottering soup, remember? Um, we talk about wine pottering mashkin. What about grape juice? Now, there are many people, especially I want to tell you in Eretz Yisrael, you know, I remember discovering really good tasting grape juice, much better than what you have here in the United States, the Kedem and the and sometimes I think Welch's was kosher for a little while, or they had a run with the Welch's. And I don't know, there's, there's a whole bunch of different grape juices that, 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 
recently became kosher, but for years, there wasn't much of a choice. Uh, maybe now there's a lot. But I remember in Eretz Yisrael, they had a whole wonderful, this was in 1977 when I was there. I remember the grape juice had a whole different taste. It was like, again, I don't know if I would like it today so many years later. But grape juice is, there's a lot of people who drink grape juice in Eretz Yisrael. And just like here. So grape juice is also baripri agofen, obviously. But would it, would it potter other drinks in the meal? So if you, Rav Yoshev was asked about this. So Rav Yoshev said, if you take a look at the Rosh, the Rosh explains the reason why the Gemara and Brachas says that wine potters all other drinks. So look at the Rosh of the Rosh is, L'fisha Iker Mashkehu, V'rosh L'kol Minei Mashkin. It's the main drink. And it's therefore, it's like the, the prime drink that we have. So Rebel Yoshim said, you can't say that about grape juice. Because what do we say about being a prime drink? It's Mesameach Elokim Vanoshim. Mitzanovim, true, it's Baripriagofen, but it doesn't have that sense of simcha. You can't use it for the Nesachim. It doesn't make anybody drunk. And therefore, according, even though you make Baripriagofen, which is the major brocha, it will not potter anything else. Lachora, Rebel Yoshim says. Now, Rebel Yoshev didn't see it written anywhere. He thinks that was the halacha. He says, I can't say it 100%, but it's definitely logical to say that grape juice doesn't have the significance of wine. I don't know if that's true anymore. Half the people I know do not drink wine at all. There, it would, there would be nothing. Yeah, right, Richard. But So no one's denying that you make Baripriya Goffin. The question is, does it have the status of the king, like bread has the status of the king uh, in terms of foods? Well, Does it shulchan. become a minhag in Israel? If, every, if half the half people are, are using grape juice instead of wine, doesn't that elevate it? But it, it's not misameach people, though, right? If the, if the, right, the, the point was, and again, you could probably ask this about bread, you know, maybe bread has gone down. In other words, bread isn't the big, bread isn't the big superstar anymore. Uh, uh, Robert, uh, Robert I think it's the, uh, the question is on the alcohol, really. Right. No, right. Purim, let's say Purim, you can, you like grape juice, you can drink grape juice up to the wazoo, but it will not do the, 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 in terms of the job of uh, what's considered simcha in terms of connection to the alcohol. But sleep sleep suffices on Purim, so there's a lot I of... I know, I'm just uh, playing. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Anyway, the point Rebel Yashem said was, look, he's almost 100% sure that it doesn't get the significance, and that's what I'm trying to explain. The idea that you don't need to make any other bracha. I made Barbara Goffin. Oh, here's, here's some Coke. Here's ginger ale. Here's some uh, pomegranate juice. Here is fresh squeezed orange juice. Whatever it is, no, you don't have to make a broch. You made bar paragoffin already. It's like the same idea. You don't have to make a shahako on the meat. You made a mozi. That's the, that was the, that, it, that, it has to be second nature. Can anybody say, of course, yeah, I had grape juice. Yeah, that was it, bar paragoffin. It's not the shame bar paragoffin. It's what the bar paragoffin was on. So therefore, of course, people should still use it, especially if they have issues with drinking wine. And you definitely should make barpriyagofen. But let's say you do, you're going to drink stuff in the meal. 
So he says that, and, and remember now, what should you do? So he says, since he's not 100% sure, he said maybe, let's say, if you didn't wash, make a shahakal on the egg salad or shahakal on the meat and have kavana to pot through the drink. Uh, but really, he doesn't because be- he doesn't believe grape juice, as, despite the fact that it's bar priyagof and it doesn't have the din of being reish hamashkin in that way. So that's halacha uh, lamaisa from Rebel Yoshev about again. Most people aren't in that situation. Most people are either washing or, but sometimes in a period when people don't eat bread, it's important to know whether it's a bracha if it's considered a bracha levatol or not. Um, to, to make extra brachas. We don't want to be, we don't want to make extra brachas when we don't have to. According to Melashev, really, you, he seems to be very clear that it wouldn't be considered an extra bracha. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.